0: In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. For the one and only, Ian Wright. Nobody loves scoring more than this man, Ian Wright. Put your testicles in the sea gap. And no one worked harder than Ian Wright. But then again... It's not often you have to compete with the likes of Ian Wright. It's Wright's territory. He is the governor in these parts. This is Ian Wright, and you can guess the rest. Good morning, Cleveland. It's Ian. How's everyone else doing? Oh, I'm the only one here today. I waited too long into the day, and the British boys fell asleep. We're going to call this uh, Cornish Sea Salt Day in honor of Paul and his trek back from the wonderful land of Cornwall, England. But let's talk today about the defensive edge position. Now, I know in previous ones, we talked a little bit about the defensive tackles and we talked about some of the guys maybe flexing the outside, but specifically, we're just going to talk about the edge rushers or I'm just going to talk about the edge rushers of the Browns What does it mean come draft season? Because, you know, we are full bore 20, 20 days away from the NFL draft here. So, well, the Browns edge room is pretty easy. We know Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett is defensive end number one, undoubtedly, arguably one of the best defensive ends in the league, arguably one of the best defensive players in the league. Miles Garrett, easily defensive end number one. Then you have pretty much two other guys that we know are a, you know probably a lock, so to say, as Jack would say, to be on the roster. That's Tack McKinley. He's probably battling for that backup. We'll call it defensive end number three role. And then Porter Gustin, who's a guy in that defensive end, probably number four role, if we're being like idealistic here. So a couple of the other names in the room, obviously Curtis Weaver, the guy they stole from the Miami Dolphins last year who thought they could sneak him through on an injury claim. And the Browns scooped in. He's going to be a guy vying for some playing time Along the lines, uh, along with uh, Cameron Malvo, who got a couple snaps last year, and also Shoeless Joe Jackson. All of these guys you'll notice in the defensive end room, just to run through them quickly Miles Garrett, 6'4, 272, Shoeless Joe, 6'4, 275, Malvo, 6'6, 265, Tack, 6'2, 260, Curtis Weaver, 6'2, 265. So the Browns have given you a snapshot of what that room is going to look like in terms of the size, the metrics. You know, a lot of times we talk about metrics, even Porter Gustin, 6'5", 257. You're talking about metrics that matter. So when we talk about, you know, RAS scores or we talk about some combine measurements, one of the things we talk about a lot is what type of player are they looking for? That gives us a pretty good idea of what the Browns want. So those are the guys that are currently on the roster that I think are pretty much in play for the Browns' 2021 season. Now, the one wild card, Jadavian Clowney, I I've, I've said it. I tweeted it. I firmly believe it. I just do believe that the Browns have him in their sights for that defensive end number two role. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Jadavian Clowney needs the Cleveland Browns more than the Browns need Jadavian Clowney. I don't think there's much you can really argue against that just because Clowney, he's a guy who's looking for a prove it year. So he can go get paid. The salary cap is down. The time is right. So you're talking about a guy that has the ability to come in here, cash in quickly, being opposite of, like we just said, one of the arguably the best pass rushers in the league. And I think the versatility of Joe Woods' defense is really going to do benefits if a guy like Clowney decides to come here. The Really, the question is, unlike J.J. Watt, does he want to win and not just go retire off to some very nice place? And ultimately, can the numbers make sense? You know, the Browns still do have a little bit of salary cap room. And, you know, from that rollover, and we'll kind of see how that all shakes out. The salary cap really doesn't matter all that much right now. Just given the fact that we're through the new league year, the top fifty ones already been in play. So if the Browns wanted to restructure a Conklin or a Richardson or something like that, they have the ability to do it, to get a guy like Clowney in here and not completely break the bank. So the Browns have some flexibility. They've yet to play that card. So a guy like Jadavian Clowney would come in here likely as your DN number two, which gives you four guys you feel confident about. But then you got to turn the page because now come April and April, we've got the NFL draft and this defensive edge class is consistently good, but also, you know, as Jack and I were even talking, has the ability to swing 20 picks. You know, some teams may have one guy at this. Some teams may have one guy over here. So for the sake of everything, okay, let's just make a disclosure. We are going to go, off of the rankings, you know, we've used top 100s and Jack's done an incredible job putting together, you know, some numbers from PFF and the Draft Network, those type of things. We're just going off some averages from there. And it really leads us to, for day one targets, right? So we're just, the Browns pick number 26. Obviously, we all know that's at the back half of the round. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about a couple guys, uh, maybe a little higher, you never know, but also in the same sense, maybe some guys that if they were to fall, become an option. So I think right now the consensus top two edge rushers in this draft are Aziz Ojalari from Georgia and Quitty Pay from Michigan. Those two guys, I think, undoubtedly will have a first-round grade across the board in terms of NFL teams. I won't spend as much time talking about those guys cuz I do think that both of those guys will probably be off the board by the time 26 happens but if they do just to give you a little background on them. So, Ojolari, you're talking about a guy that's 6'2", 249 pounds, ran a 4.6140. So, this is a guy who surprisingly plays faster than that 4.61 would show but also is only 20 years old. He'll be 21 here coming up soon. But you're talking about a guy that's young. He is very bendy. He is very fast. Now, I will say this. I personally don't think this is what the Browns are looking for in their defensive edge number two. As I said, you're talking about a guy that's 6'2", 249. That, to me, is a little undersized. However, you talk about a team like the Pittsburgh Steelers, This is the type of guy they would go out and get. So I I will pray that that doesn't kind of come into play, but this is a guy that just lacks a little bit of that body size that I think the Browns are looking for. Um, He is a dip and rip kind of guy. He is a speed around the edge guy. I like Ojolari. I just don't think for the Browns, you're looking at somebody that they're going to probably have the chance to draft or if they were higher up, might not fit the body mold of what they're looking for out of that defensive end number two. Now, Pay. Quite the opposite. You're talking about a guy six foot two, 260 pounds. Now, a little bit shorter. Obviously, most of the other guys were six five, six, six, but at six, two, 260, you can still set that edge. Because remember, if you're opposite of Miles Garrett, you have a different role than being the defensive end number one. You have a guy like Olivier Vernon, who, when given a single, a single tackle to beat, and you don't have a double team coming, you got to beat that guy and get pass rush. But in the same sense, you have to be able to set the edge against the run to make sure, hey. We're not just going to run away from Miles Garrett all the time and make him track people out on the backside. So Pay, very twitchy guy. He is. He has a very good first step. So he's able to get up, up and down the line of scrimmage. He's able to do a lot of things. He's kind of a guy that just lays it all out there. I mean, if you watch him, effort is never something that this guy really lacks. Um, in his career, his productivity is a little bit lower at 11 and a half snack, sacks. Doesn't really have a counter move. So if you watch him, he's pretty consistent with the moves that he's going to use. His hands are very violent. So he's able to really kind of just create a lot of force at the point of attack. But I don't see him getting out of maybe the top 20, top 22. So we're going to talk about a few guys here that I think come 26. Now we're starting to get into the range of these guys. And the first one is Jalen Phillips, the Eds rusher out of Miami. Jason Awe, the kid out of Penn State. And Joe Tryon, the kid out of Washington. Now let's look at some body types here. We're going to kind of group these guys all together as a as kind of a bunch because some teams may have these guys top 25. Some may have these target for that beginning of round two. It's kind of tough with the day one and the day two. So we're going to talk a little bit about these bubble guys. But Phillips, we're talking about a guy that's six foot five, 260 pounds. Sounds kind of brownsy, four, five, seven, forty um Awe out of penn state six foot four almost five 257 so he's a little bit bigger than port augustine 257 pounds 437 it is pro day probably not that fast but it sounds good on paper and then joe tryon this is a guy who's 65 260 with a 46 40 yard dash now in terms of we're talking ras scores because i know jack's been fantastic you know kind of collecting this data Ojalari 8.1 Okay, that's that's a pretty good, that's above average. Uh, Quitty Pay was at a 9.3. Jalen Phillips, 9.87. And Jason Awe, you're talking about a 9.92. So we are talking about guys that are athletic. We're talking about guys that have skill sets that, teams are going to covet. And that's, I think, why they're sitting there on that bubble. Um, guys like Gregory Rousseau, Basham, Osai, those kind of guys. We're going to talk about those a little bit tomorrow uh, when the boys are back. But so Jalen Phillips, this is a guy who I think, if healthy, you're looking at a guy who probably would not be around at pick number 26. This is a guy who has just struggled in terms of his games played. You know, he's only played... I want to say 21 games is in, in his entire college career. So unfortunately for him, not a lot of tape out there, but this is a guy who, man, he is smooth. If you watch him, he's got great feet. He is tall, but he's not stiff. Um, He's able to really kind of attack guys, whether it's on a bull rush, but he also has kind of the ability to shed those blockers. This is a guy I really like. And I think that if the Browns were able to add him, despite that there is a durability concern. That is the number one thing. But like I said, if he didn't have that, this is a guy that's probably not going to be there when the Browns are looking outside of the, uh, the on-field stuff, the one thing that you'll read about, and it's kind of funny because they went to the same school, but a couple of years ago, the Browns drafted a defensive end who may or may not have loved music more than football. And unfortunately I think you guys all know who I'm talking about and that is Mr. Chad Thomas. Well, Jalen Phillips, he likes football, but you'll see there's a lot of talk out there. He's a big music guy. He said that music is his outlet. I don't know. I, I this is something the Browns need to vet out. Again, we don't want to go down the road again, where music is your first priority. and You're just playing football to make yourself a music career. Now I'm not comparing there on the field because Chad Thomas is not nearly the athlete that Jalen Phillips is, but This is a guy you need to vet it out. 21, just under 21 years old. He'll be 22 about a month after the draft. So he kind of checks the box there, but started his career at UCLA, transferred to Miami. As long as this guy's healthy, I think you're getting a heck of a good player. Now, Jason, Jason Awe. This is a guy who, if you look down the, uh, the sack column in the year of 2020, you're going to see a goose egg. And let's be honest, this is a guy where, his resume unfortunately doesn't match up with his skill set. Started eight games in college, but only had seven sacks in his career of 24 games at Penn State. Now, our team's going to look at that and say, You played with Michael Parsons, you played with other guys. You can definitely see the talent this guy's had. He is a freak athlete, he has some of the best numbers in terms of your three cones some of your i mean a 40 yard dash even if he is a 4-4 guy not a 437 you're talking about a guy with 81 inch wingspan with a 4-4-4-4-5 four, 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 speed with a 1.59 10 yard shuttle i mean that is that's moving so if you can get this guy in and he's willing to learn how to be a pass rusher you know he doesn't really have complimentary moves there's no Nick Bosa or Miles Garrett in this draft. So we're talking about guys that maybe come in and a guy like Clowney or a guy like Tack gets some snaps ahead of them, but you're looking for them to develop. But this guy, I think he's well at stacking and shedding in terms of how they're going to get their uh, offensive lineman off their point of attack. In terms of the the need, I think that his length is something the Browns could use coming around that edge. The one thing about Vernon, he's a little bit stoutier as opposed to lean like Jason Alway is. So he's a guy I definitely think could be an option at 26. I definitely wouldn't rule it out. You know, if the Browns decided to trade back and you know, you're in that early part of the second round and he's still there, then it's definitely a guy that I think they can um, that I think they can keep their eye on. But um, finally, we're going to talk about Joe Tryon, the kid out of Washington he's tw- he'll be actually 22 on the day of the draft uh like i said 6'5 260 out of washington he sat out in 2020 he opted out because of the covid but this guy if you look at him he is a freak i mean he looks like a mini miles garrett in terms of his frame i mean this guy is just he's got muscles on top of muscles But what's weird is he's not really a power rusher. That's not really his game. He's quick off the snap. He's a 260-pound guy that just has really good acceleration. He's got very good use of his hands. So if you'll watch a few of the Washington tapes, you're going to see a guy who's very good at kind of using his arms to keep the offensive lineman at bay. They, They consider that to be like locking out your arms. And then you'll see a guy whose effort is just consistent. This is the guy with just got... He's got a good motor. He's constantly out there in terms of what he can work on, how, how you look like, you know, a Greek God and, but you, you know, you don't play that way. I think that power move, that power kind of bull rush type of game uh, element to his game is going to have to be developed. You know, a lot of times you'll see that he's probably he's, he'll be on a rush track and then he'll get knocked off not a ton of stats in terms of only nine sacks in in 25 games at Washington. So you're again, you're not talking about a guy like a miles Garrett or Nick Bosa, or even a Joey Bosa. But one of the reasons these guys are going to be available at the back half of this first round is because there's a lot of upside, but in the same sense, there's a lot that they can be working on. So the Browns are in an interesting position. I think Jack, me and Paul all agree at 26, you're looking at a, at likely a cornerback, or a defensive end. That's just the two positions that make the most sense. Jack said it numerous times. We're talking about that second edge position is going to have to be filled through the draft. Having two top paid pass rushers is not something this team is going to do. And if you get a guy now you're talking about back to our famous word of sequencing, we're going to be sequencing those picks on after that. So these are a couple of guys that we're talking about on day one tomorrow. We've got a good slate. You know, if the Browns do decide to go cornerback in that first round, or maybe there's just somebody that falls to them that they can't pass up on, you know, a wide receiver, who knows we could see them go that route. So we're going to talk about a few guys, you know, that could be there at 59 or I mean, like I said, we, the Browns are in full position to maybe trade back sitting around maybe the 30s, 40s. Maybe they have two picks on day two as opposed to one. Uh, I'm sorry, in round two as opposed to one. As always, thank you guys. We do appreciate it. You guys have been awesome in terms of your interaction on social media, subscribing, keep giving us the positive feedbacks. You know, we, we greatly appreciate it. DMs are always open, you know, whether it's at Jack Duffin or at Paul Brown, underscore UK, myself at Ian 19, you know, we, we definitely appreciate everything you guys do. And uh, we look forward to hearing from you in saying that go Browns regulators, you regulate any stealing of his property. We're damn good too, but you can't be any geek off the street. Got to be handy with the steel. If you know what I mean, earn you keep. Regulators. Milno.